All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr, and today I am joined by Dorge from Fireknock to discuss more about bow design. Last time you heard Dorge on the podcast, we talked on a high level about different bows and bow designs, but today we dive deep into the design of the cam. We discuss things like solo cam, dual cam, cam and a half, the advantages and disadvantages to each different cam design, where Dorge thinks cam design should play in on your decision to buy a bow. We also go into a little bit of Dorge's recommendations if you're out there looking for a new bow this year. What would Dorge shoot? So if you're interested in hearing that, stick around. This was a fun one. Before I get into that, I want to give you guys a couple quick updates on everything here at Exodus. There are going to be some really big announcements coming down the pipeline. Uh, If you have been paying attention to the content and maybe you want a different diameter arrow shaft, or maybe you want a more competitive priced cell camera. If those two things interest you, make sure you sign up for the Exodus newsletter on our website. Go to exodusoutdoorgear.com scroll down to the bottom of the page, enter your email to join our inner circle and all of the announcements will be released there first and they're coming up quickly guys. So make sure you're signed up for that. With that being said, guys, I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. It's a great time to be a deer hunter. If you still have a tag in your pocket, keep grinding. Let me know how your season is going guys and let's get into the podcast with Dorch. All right, folks, here we go. Another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. George and I are sitting down this morning. Uh, First, we're going to start here with some listener-submitted questions. Um, George, you up for that? Yep, I got a customer just come on and say, tell me to discuss about a bow cam. What are the different cam design and what are the benefit of each? Which is a, that's a deep, deep project. (laughs) Yeah, that's not so simple, huh? No, not so simple. Because he cam, as we know, in the old days, the first time ever a cam is. I will need to go back to the round wheels, which in some way is a very good approach because it gives you the uh, the let off. It's extremely smooth drawing. It gives you the what a compound bow is supposed to do. It makes it easier to draw in a hole. In some way, I say for some people, that round wheel approach is not bad, especially the beginners. And the more aggressive the cam, in other words, the more you change the radius of a cam to a long, to a short radius, the more let off you have, the more power you get, the sharper the angle goes, the higher the, uh, what do you call it? The faster the cam. And some people think that's good, but it's also harder the war. Sure. But that itself, you know, and then uh, we go from the original twin cam design, you know, then uh, when Matthew come up with a solo cam, and that was one of the major difference. But I still think for everything said and done, the solo cam is not a bad approach, but I think at the time you were launched, the string was the issue. Then after that, I think really one of the best design from beginning to now, I still think the cam and a half is the best approach. From Hoyt. Because it's the, the no, the, the the Hoyt implementation of the cam and a half is the best approach. 
the strongest SL71 cam and a half, good design? I would say no, but you have to give Kevin Schroeder a lot of uh, credit. He really, really, I mean, he did not understand the, the science behind it. He just simply changed the cam, shaped the cam until he got the speed, which the SL71 is the fastest cam and a half system out there. I mean, the, the reason is the fastest single cam, but you don't want it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> if you use it, if you put it once, you know exactly what I mean. It's the fastest single cam with the worst pull. So it's it's just super aggressive. Uh, I would not say so. It's, it's, a single cam bow is one, one kind of bow that you really, really, really need to look at what the specs is. Let me give you an idea. If you do a single cam bow and you go from, say, 70 pounds, 30 inch straw at 350 grains, you got that 353 feet per second. The moment you put a 370 grain arrow, that thing jumped down to maybe 310. Yeah. And then you go 410 feet per second, you're lucky to get 270. Yeah. So that kind of approach you need to understand if you are a person who like heavy arrow, that's not a good bow to shoot. Sure. Because how the cam approach and then the design is just not ideal for that approach. So in other words, let me get back. Just say a very, say a very important thing, the cam design and the, and, and the weight of the arrow and your draw length and how the riser match with it together will make a bow different i mean just like uh, uh i personally think that this uh, um the the psc did a great job on all the x4 system which is a cam and a half system in most of the cases like the psc x4 tree stand that's a fantastic small bowl i mean if you need a if you need a what you call it a, a small compact lightweight bow go back to that one i mean if you want an ultra smooth draw Around all corners, I would say the PSE X Force that would be a great one. And and if you just feel like pulling a fifty-five pound bow and you want a fantastic speed, then you go back to something like a PSE X at fifty-five pound. Don't think of it as seventy, even if you pull a seventy-pound bow. So in other words, all the design really helped. And some people say, well, what happened to all the new designs? Well, the newer designs are we actually if you look look through the the approaches, the newer cam designs are actually binary twin cam, except they they take away one of the uh, more aggressive design, of course, like the Hoyt RX-7 is a binary cam. One of the best binary cam I think have, have put through to the industry was the Elite GT500. And I think the Expedition did, did quite a good job too. Expedition like the, the Excursion 6, 7, did a very, very good on a binary cam. And I think Darton did a better job than, than most because of the two and a half cam. What that actually is, is that it doesn't allow the cam to lean that badly. Sure. Which is what um, Prime had a design similar where it had dual cams that would eliminate the cam lean. Well, that, that, that design is a good approach but an expensive approach, sure. expensive as in machining and expensive of as moving mass. Yeah, you have more parts. There's a lot more parts. I mean, just like imagine you got a, 
I mean, if you're into racing, remember Elf tried to give him a better steering, put two front wheels in the front? Yeah. Yeah, he did do a good job. But you lose a lot of maintenance, tires, steering, complexity. Yep. Hey, but he did exactly what he's supposed to do. Sure. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's just put it this way: if you're in Formula One, how can you forget that one? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have a question on um, cam design, where you have a modular specific cam or a rotating mod on the cam. What are the downsides and pros and cons to having each of those setups? First of all, when you want absolute speed, just like anybody who wants absolute speed would appreciate um, a straw-specific cam, because then your curve is absolute. You are using the best of the best. That is not a compromise. But manufacturer and dealer both do not like that. In the old days, when you deal with the Matthew on the solo cam, you notice anytime you got a different drawing, you got a different cam. Right. Is it a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing because you use like the, the absolute best approach because you design it specific. But then a lot of people like the fact is that the moment you put modules on it, you can have both that will come you got a short customer come in and a tall customer come in, you can sell them the same boat. That was pretty much the only reason a modular cam come a module based cam come in that is sliding module or change module. I mean, they are all the same. Right. In other words, just look at your curve. If you want this this drawing with this curve on it, and and to be fair, you in some cases, if you really really want to do it right, it is not just string specific. Is is no, it's not just cam specific. You should make string cam everything specific. Right. Yeah. Because just like. The moment you design something, there's called no compromise. Because see, the moment you compromise, you're giving up something. But the, just like, you know, in the case of the Hoyt on, on a cam and a half, you notice that they have the 27 to 30, 25 to 27. I mean, why can't you just cover the whole thing like the, like the kids' bowl? Like the kids' bowl, you should go from 20, uh, 22 inches all the way to 30 inch. Because they compromise too much. Right. Yeah, I, I just did a podcast with um, one of the guys over at Hoyt, and he was talking about that, where they have their um, two different cam designs, two different rotating mod cam designs. And he was saying that if you went and had like a five-inch draw length range, mm -hmm. it's way less efficient than if you had like a three-inch draw. inch. Um, All right, because you, you, you another what just like uh, that original – this is what one, one thing is. When you design thing, you always go with the higher end. And then you scale it down. Mm -hmm. Except on poundage of a bow. Like, for example, 90% of the bow out there was designed for 70 pounds. And you put 80 pounds limbs on it, you'll find out most of them, uh, depends on the material, most of them, the riser can handle it. I mean, would you notice it? Most people don't. That's the reason when people say, oh, I want a 90-pound bow. You need to find out, first of all, how many bow out there is designed for 90 pounds. Yeah, I'm pretty confident uh, the, the prime, the prime uh, 8,000 series aluminum would definitely do it. Would definitely do it because the, the materials can handle it. It's just like telling yourself you, uh, you get a rebar and then you want to make it for, say, screwdrivers. It's not going to be good. The material is sure. too soft. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's just so many things involved on material science, well, on what it is. But 
the basic material on see just like when the PSDF first came out, I remember it was told it was about 1.2, 1.3 pound when they finished on the riser. But nobody can shoot it. It's like a tuning fork. Yeah. You need a certain mass. Light. So right, too light. So ideally a bow is around three and a half pound, I would say by itself. When you finish with it at four pound, based on a 200 pound person, that seems ideal. Okay. I mean, just like a tennis record. I mean, yes, you can go so light. You you you, you cut the moment when you when you hit the ball with it, you, your whole body shakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, going back to more of the cam design and how it affects not just speed and draw length and everything, but it, the shape of the cam is going to affect the draw cycle of the bow. And well, like, it's not just the shape of the cam because see, that's a multiple ways you can hide where the cam is. Okay. Remember the uh, the Matthew Charles no cam? There's yep. two cams in it. The cam is actually on the instead of on on the uh, uh, but like most of the bow, the cam is actually on the table, not on the string. Okay. The no cam actually 100% on the cable. Okay. And the wheel on the outside is the draw, which makes the draw very smooth. But when the draw and the cam don't work together as a system, very much like the Hoy cam and up, you see, notice that Hoy really try their best to give them the maximum difference for the slave cable of the cam to do the job. That's the reason you notice how close that Hoy cable on the on the on the shaft is. I mean, one of the best examples is that look at the Raven, the cam and the difference between the cam and also the helix center is your difference. It's dramatic. And then you add poundage to it. Sure. But that is a very, very good approach. The reason for that, because it really, really gives you, what you call it, uh, uh, balanced. Because it's two to one. In other words, it very much like the prime did. It's truly draw the center down. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, remember, when you draw the bow, it is the draw cycle that is the most important, not stationary. Right. That means, I mean, in, like in the old days when we do cam and a half design, we simply say, make sure the bow, when you draw it, when you're stationary, the left and right, you're the same, you, you adjust your cable, you get it balanced. But in what, it, of course, the, the people, if you shoot a binary cam, you need to shim it so that when the cam both move north to uh, left to right and left and right to left on the upper and lower reverse, drop what is so important because you want them to see where the arrow is the whole thing. Did the cam move from left to right and right to left exactly the same? Yeah. So yes, you're gonna you're gonna get some side load on it. You're gonna get knock travel no matter what. That's the downside of a uh, binary. But binary is the least amount of material with the maximum amount of cam, which gives you the highest efficiency on energy transfer. Now, like like a uh, like the, the the current Matthew design. I mean, do I really like it? Not really. It, it had too much complexity. The cam itself has what two ball bearings on it. Those are called the uh, large ball. Actually, it's a very called a large diameter ball bearing. I used that. I used that design quite a bit on my Aeroving Jake. <laughs> Those kind of ball bearings are great. I always use. I also use that on my Aerocrank. That ball bearing approach. Yes, you get efficiency out of it. Can you? Can you do something similar? I would say. Wax alone would do the job too, but it's a much more efficient. But if you look at it, the only difference with that thing does is the diameter change inside the ball bearing. That's all the thing it did. But you added a huge amount of complexity and weight. 
And they did another thing that, which I don't think is one of the better, is that they weigh too much weight in the center. Mm. I mean, the, when you add too much weight in the center, you also add mass, which means that just like every time, everything else, the moment you want to start to rotate is initiation of the rotation is where weight is your enemy. And then, of course, they did a they they lowered that to the maximum on the on the mission Subban Exile. That's the reason if you make any mistake, you end up with a really crooked camera. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you I mean just like oh I, since it's this we talked about crossbow last time I was I'll remind you we might all my well, asked me what to what to we look out if you ever shoot a Subban Exile and you decided to use my D three knocks compared to the factory flat the moment you change your string you must you must shoot a moon knock three to five times first before you use the moon knock again people say what yes people forgot this is what happened this is the dramatic proof of how each design all, all need to be looked at because see Unlike others, I, I'm I'm more stay in the crossbow world. So everything is more power. Everything is more dramatic. Do you know why this happened? Because see, the Saban Exile is a high let off bow. Hmm. The reason they do a high let off because uh, they, they try to make the trigger do less work, crispier. Because if it's high let off, that means there's less power holding on the trigger. That means the, crisp, the trigger become crispier. But now you imagine this, you take a brand new string out of the bag. What does the string look like? They're not straight, they're all crooked, isn't it? And then now you put this on the bow and then say you, whatever poundage is on it, you draw the bow back. And when you draw all the way to the back, how many pounds is on the string? Say a 20%. So it's 150 pounds, now you're holding 30 pounds. Then you go ahead and put a brand new fine nut D3 style knock, which is a clip on knock. The moment you fire it, how many pounds on the string? 30. But the moment it reached the cam full load, it's 150 now. Right. And what does the string look like? It was not straight. It's out of the back crooked. And since it's out of the back crooked, and now you let go of the power because at that moment, 13, you let go. The string will now go back to a shape of not straight. It have a it have a 50-50, no, 70-30 chance of lifting that arrow off the rail. And since it's a full containment, the arrow itself is also off the rail. And the moment <laughs> it touches the, the let off stopping point, since the arrow is off the rail, the arrow now is sling off the rail <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got a dry fire situation now you're like 330 bucks yeah that's an expensive mistake no it's not expensive i mean it's, I, I i i got a customer in my shop did it and then uh i did it once myself i said what the hell <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh and then of course at that moment try to get a sub one xl cam is close to impossible i was lucky enough to find one no, we're talking about uh, six weeks wait back then. Wow. But then I learned the moment I say, how come they never that problem? Because they got a they got a half moon 
take note, they got a flat nut with a lip on it. So you imagine the string over and down have no effect on, 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 the, on the string position. But the cam, you will hold it because at that moment, it's only the string, not with the arrow. So after you shot it two, three, four, five times, the string now is totally flat. Mm. Now the benefit of the, now you can use, you can yeah. use the full containment, full containment again, because as you say, Moonak, can you imagine this? What I just described is exactly the problem with the Moonak and the benefit of a Moonak and the not so benefit of the Moonak, which is also the same reason why you, on the vertical bow, see, remember everything I talk about applied to regular bow. The knock engagement on a vertical bow is the exact opposite of a crossbow because a crossbow, you want the knock to not be tight on the string because you got a guided rail. Yep. Which is exactly the difference between, a, say, a guided rail and, say, a raven, which doesn't have rail, which also means that in a vertical bow, what your knock should be, your knock should be reasonably tight on the string with a slight movement to let the string rotate without causing the arrow to turn. Yep. So can you imagine if it if it affect a crossbow that much in high speed, high power, the moment you go to vertical bow, it's less effect and people didn't see it. Yeah. Which is the reason why when I deal with crossbow, I see all the thing because it's exaggerated. Sure. Significantly. Every single small thing become catastrophic if you screw it. Yep, that makes sense. I mean, just like string angles, I mean, it may not sound like a big deal, which is where the cam come in. I mean, Raven did what Raven did on the uh, on, on, on all the Ravens. You can see the string. I mean, imagine this. Can I, I go to you and say, I'll give you an XO to XO length of, of five inches on a vertical ball. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the old days, I mean, in the old days, I remember when you tell people anytime, especially finger shooters, they will look at you funny. If you don't have a 50 plus inch axle to axle, they, but actually the word axle to axle is not a good, good uh, it's not a good way to describe how a bow is. It's a cam edge to cam edge is the real deal. Right. Because think about it. That's where the string comes from. Correct. Because see, I remember the time of the PSEX, the freaking cam is four and a half inch tall on the highest when you draw it. So if it's 30 inch XO, XO, F four and a half inch, which is nine inch, that would be 39 inches, isn't it? Right, right. <laughs> but because the cam keep changing. So people, the only thing that is truly, uh, uh, they, they want to use the number is XO, XO. But when you look at the Matthew cams, look at the size of that cam. They're big. The cam yeah. is easily five, six, five inches on the maximum rotate. You can add three inch on each side. So whatever yep. number you add, you add six to it. So yep. the 31S6 is what, 37? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of times we need to re, we'll look at the entire process from a, from a true mechanical point of view, not from a marketing point of view. I mean, I got a marketing degree from IU, so I, 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 I'm unspecialized in sales. So you get yes, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're talking to a guy who, I remember the days when I was doing IT consulting, it was really funny. It's like... I spend days selling. And then the moment I go back to the office, I got my team of programmers. It's like, it took me a day to get my mind from, what do you call it? From black to gray and gray to black. It was actually quite a challenge. <laughs> but you know what? One thing I will never do in my life is do a freaking child. 
freaking uh, freaking humans are. They're not <laughs> black and white. I don't know how to describe those. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, being old like me and doing all this thing in life, sometimes really sort of like enjoyable to talk to guys on. I mean, I'm sounding like an old guy. Well, that was old days of. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got a long way to go, my friend. You haven't seen enough to go back to the old days. <laughs> okay, let's let's go back on the cam side. Yeah, so I, um, I have a I have a question there. Um, sure. What I was trying to to lead into it, where you have obviously there's changes and there's differences between bow manufacturers and their cam and the shape. And you can feel the difference on the draw cycle when you pull it back. And for instance, what I mean by that is say um, a Hoyt draw cycle versus a Matthews draw cycle, where you have the Hoyt bow is stacked up front. It's harder to pull back initially. And then as you get through the center of the draw, it's smoother and it doesn't have the harsh drop off into the Valley at the end of it. Whereas a Matthews, it's a little bit harder to pull back the whole time. And then there's a little bit of a drop off towards the end. That itself is a is a bad statement. Let me explain to you why. What you're describing is what you have on your drawing from a specific company on a specific cam. Like the Matthew, think about it. Just say let's stick with the thirty inch, thirty inch, thirty seventy pound draw. You can't go ahead and pick the pick the last. C7 Extreme was the reason to the monster, to the Creed, and all the way to do, do the phase four, okay? They are different. The draw right, cycle I'm, is totally I'm talking, different. I'm talking like year specifically. Like two, if you pick up a bow in 2022, uh -huh. a, a brand new Matthews phase four and a, a Hoyt VTM or mm -hmm. an RX-7, like the Hoyt is harder to because pull Because it's initially. a binary cam. The Hoyt is a binary. See, the Hoyt in 2021, one, it's not a binary cam, okay? The 22 RX-7 is a binary cam. The binary cam will always give you that, and that's the reason the binary cam is always faster. Right. Because see, that's just like, you, you don't get free stuff. So you have to put it in somewhere. If it's super smooth, you're not gonna get the speed. Just like the moment you say, oh, I, I just love the super small drum. Well, you use the round cam, what do you expect? Yeah. You're not gonna get the speed. Because see, at the end of the day, there's absolutely no free lunch. Oh no, yeah. But if you so if you put those two bows side by side, an RX seven and a phase four, their IBOs are the exact same. It's three forty-two. Oh, no. No, 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 no. See, this is where the difference is. The IBO is the same, but the moment you shoot both bows with a different arrow weight, the numbers will change significantly. Oh yeah. And then I'm 30 inch. So that let me just bring a wild guess, but I haven't shoot any of them. Based on my experience, I'm just going to throw in the, throw in the, like close my eyes and throw the dot. I think I won't be too off because I know where the target is. The Hoyt at say 425 grain at 29 inch is going to do around 305. And the Matthew will be around 270, 280. That's the difference. Well, that's, I think, I think I am going to get to that here as I get through this. Um, the draw force curve is mm -hmm. different on the two models of cams. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is if you have a draw force curve that's stacked in the front versus 
being stacked towards the back, what does that do to um, the efficiency? No, it's not stacked in the thing. It's stacked in the back. It's how, how when, when do you put the energy in? How it's being stored? Yeah, that's 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 what I'm. The heart is storing all the way. The right. method was just storing in the last end while you just give the give out the chance of moving. Now at the same time, and when you shoot the arrow, the heart, the Matthew is going to give you all the force the moment you, the let out come in, and from that point on, the force is going down. Right. And uh, the 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 heart is going to give you the let off, and the force is going to move up. So the the force applies going to be longer, but that also have a big impact on how the arrow speed. Parried. Yeah, that's what better. I. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. How does that affect the arrow speed down, like downrange? Well, this is where the not just the let off. This is also the weight of the arrow come in. Yeah, I'm, ta I'm talking like 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 numbers here. Matthews the Hoyt, same three fifty three. Right, and the the Matt, the the Hoyt is going to be win on every single part because you put more effort in it because of the the way the draw force curve is. No, because the weight, I mean, not just the draw force curve. It's similar like how the energy is, how much energy is being applied. Remember, the moment you feel the power, you're putting energy in. Right. As you put more and more and more and more and more, you, 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 you can get off more and more and more and more. Sure. I mean, it's like you need to give up in as much as possible because that's all you got. The process of putting in the power and then get out. In other words, this is how efficient a system is so imagine this this is the, the best way to describe in pure physics is that imagine this you are putting in work into the system the total amount of work the highest we're going to give out the highest but remember it's also a mechanical device so the efficiency of storing the energy in the limb and the limb apply through the string through the knock to the arrow but then how the arrow react to that energy that's the reason, you know, just like a guy who say bought a brand new say Matthew last year and then shoots fantastic with the 350 and this year bought a Hoyt. Well, guess what? The 350 ain't gonna work because the draw curve is so much higher. You need a 300 spine. So in other words, the whole thing has to be balanced. You say, wait, but they're both 70 pounds. That's where, remember, I, I, uh, back in the 1980s and 90s, when you look at the Eastern chart, Besides weight and the weight of the arrow and the length of the draw length, they also added a whole column. You said a hard cam, a, a soft cam, or no cam. Mm -hmm. So in other words, how can we now in today's world, those are not part of the deal. It's actually more aggressive. Actually, even right now, you should add the, the how many percent at all, but it's get too complicated. Yeah, and this reason... That's the reason most people similarly say, oh, I'll just go with the highest uh, highest uh, spine. Yep, stiffer. Which is not wrong. I mean, the only problem with the highest spine is that you you sacrifice on weight. You say, oh, I don't mind weight. I like heavy weight. See, this is the problem when most of the guys who shoot arrow today is that they look at spine, they forgot about spine is not just... Spine is a number based on... The, how the arrow going to react and how much it bends based on the load it gets. But which also mean one thing, you're not pushing force in the center like a spine machine does. You're pushing force from the back. So the more weight you put in the front, the worse the arrow gets again. The and back. then those all have to come into play with the cam design. That means if you really enjoy a binary cam like the Hoy or like a GT500 and so on, you want to get the best out of it. You want penetration shoot through shoulders, as most of the guys claim. 
yes, get something like a three eight or seven eight inch broadhead that's solid one piece, and go with something ten to twelve or thirteen grain per inch arrow. Now you got and a rebar flying. Yes, <laughs> I mean I, I I make that arrow because I understand a bunch of guys would love this because see one of the few guys who did it is like Rick McKinney on his uh, Carbon Tech Rhino. I shoot that thing for years, but I, I go above and beyond. I, I, I think I shoot something like five, six percent FOC. I mean, it was a mistake <laughs> with the. <laughs> it was with the uh, uh, with the quick spin. That's the day that I saw the arrow go sideways and slap the deer. Yep, <laughs> you can't do that shit that much. Sorry, I shouldn't say bad words on uh, on on podcast. <laughs> but that is where the the thing you learn. I mean. I'm one of the few guys who actually push for the limits more than once. Oh yeah. And when you push for the limit more than once, you're gonna pay for it. But but see lately, I think a lot of guys push for limit using their remember uh, super high efficient cam. You need, I mean, right now I think when Eastern come up with the 204 size, it's a good approach. But I think a lot of people miss the boat because he like. When I first come at 204, I, I was trying to give the world something like a tall hammer. That's the reason I make those like 10 to 13 and a half grain per inch. I think that will give that will give all the guys what they need without going anything. Because now you got a solid platform to go forward. Because see, you don't want the front of the arrow to be heavy with the new cam, with the with the, say a binary cam. And you want the arrow to be heavy, yeah, more because now equal. now it is no longer, no longer. Imagine this: that what's the diff, the diff, the best way to describe a super heavy FOC arrow on a binary cam compared to uh, a, a a heavy shaft arrow on a binary cam? One is like throwing a sock with with the with with the lead ball in front. <laughs> the other is like throwing the same way of a rebar. That's the difference. The rebuy is much better. A Twizzler because with it, a brick in front of it. <laughs> or yeah. a, or yep. A rebar, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole rebar. Because see, when you when, when that rebar touches, the rest of the rebar are keep pushing. It is like hitting with a train itself, just with a mat truck with nothing behind. The more yeah. you hit, you bounce back. Yeah. But because the rebar effect, you'll keep going forward, 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 forward. That's where. A heavy, heavy shaft is so much better. But nobody seems to really understand the heavy shaft benefit. That's where people say, oh, I, I need the speed. So they go with ultra high modular carbon on a binary cam. I mean, the Matthews is a middle of the row, which I really command them for. Because see, when you do everything in the middle of the row, you satisfy 90% of the people. Sure. But it's the, that extra 10% that can't go anywhere. But those are the guys who are really trying their best to do something. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember Chad's experience. It was all funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you should have been here for like you should have been here while he was going through it. Well, you know, that's exactly how that how that works. You, you, it's like you really can't do much about it. But you know, you you should see me running through it, like the days with my uh, my uh, Oneida X80, 
That 24 inch with that eight inch overdraw shooting a 23 and seven eighth inch long arrow on a 70 pound, about an 80 pound bow with a, with a 30 inch draw. I mean, it's talking about ridiculous nowadays. And you know what I break the most? I break the serving all the time. You know why? The serving was flipping, the string was flipping forward so much, the serving was touching the areas and got cut. That's how <laughs> ridiculous it get. Wow. So if anybody want to say anything, yes, I was that stupid. But you know what? It come with age. When I'm <laughs> in that age, I want to try everything. And I, yes, I'm a, I'm a physics guy. And I still do it because, see, I figured that it doesn't, physics apply to everyone except me. Well, I think my son is running through that phase too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, I have a couple more questions on the cam design. I think we'll just focus on on that mm -hmm. for, for the rest of the podcast. But so Great. how does cam design affect the tunability of the bow? Is it is the tunability in the cam or is it in the accessories of the bow? No, it's in the arrow. And exactly the way that what you want the arrow to do. Because every single camp, the moment you, you can't, let me just remember in the really old days, that means you shoot, you shoot a, a stick bow. Or the moment you build a bow, the only thing you need to do is find the arrow that will make the shoot great. It is the same thing with, with, the new, with the new bows today. That's the reason, you know, they say, the camera 15, the no camp didn't shoot great. Yes, because you didn't shoot a 350 grit. 30-inch arrow on a, on a 70 pound draw. If you do that, you will get that spec. Yeah. So a lot of guys didn't get what they want because they figured they bought. I mean, let me tell you exactly a story. I got a very good friend, uh, my, my, my brother-in-law's good friend come to me with a Matthew DXT. He told me this bow is the best he ever shoot. You're so smooth and so on. So then I look at that bow for a second. I noticed that off the camera is already, the, the cable stretched, it's four years old. He said, this bow should 330. I said, no, you, got, you, you barely got 27 inch draw. <laughs> <laughs> and you have not changed, the, you have not shoot the bow for, uh, you shoot the bow for three years. I put the bow in my bow scale, whack, pull back, 58. <laughs> so it's 12 pounds off. I said, you're lucky to get 250 out of it. He said, no, he's a three, three, 335 bow. I said, no. Three First of all, he got he got monkey tails, he got pip side, he got rubber band, you know, the whole deal. <laughs> I said, yeah, maybe 245, 270. He said, no, he's a 335 bow. I said, <laughs> I said you should have Matthew Maxima. You got 125 grand points. What am I supposed to say? So I put on corner, got shoot that. Oh, he was so freaking pissed off. He said 242. He was so pissed off. He said, I said, let me get a new string for you. The moment I put a new string on it, the guy barely can put it back. It was back at 70 pounds. Back to 70, yeah. <laughs> and he wanted me to build him arrow that's fast. I said, if you build that fast, can you hold it right? I mean, remember, you're sure shooting 58, 59 on the 70 pound bow, which is totally off wet. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder he never shot anything. <laughs> that was no. probably what a, a That's 70, the reason we shall now name him on the short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that was probably what on a um a 70% let off cam at the time, right? A DXT. 65. Yeah, 65, 60, uh, 65 70. It, 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 the bow is extremely, extremely good for hunting, except the riser sucked, the riser bends. Hmm. I know that. That's the reason uh I told people if you want a DXT stick with a 65 pound, 
at, at max. You, sure. you, you, you actually get better out of it. So if we were to answer this guy's last part of this question, he wants to know what new bow could you recommend someone to get that would have great speed and easy tuning? And I think Ooh. he's, this is new bow, George. You can't go back to the Z7. Extreme. I know, I know. I'm just thinking <laughs> of all the new bows today. I mean, you do have to say, I mean, easy tuning. I mean, you can technically insulate rural Hoyt. Uh, the PSC, I can, I can put them back. So the Hoyt, the PS, oh, the, 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 the Bowtech. I didn't talk about Bowtech bows a lot. The Bowtech bows are actually quite good. If you look at for efficiency, they actually give you the speed because they are, they are binary cam, but very mechanical. In other words, they use mechanical engineering to, to do a lot of their work. But then again, you notice how much stuff the Bowtech have. It's very much like PSC in 2016. You need to know what you do on those stuff. Like, you know, the set screws on the tip of the, of the barrel, the, the, what you call it, the barrel block. If you like speed, if you want, uh, uh, but you didn't know what you're doing. So for most of the guys who don't know what they're doing, who just claim they have the best and the fastest and the latest, I hate to say that the Matthew is not too wrong of a choice. But do you, if you really want to go for it and then get, I mean, just like I have not seen this year's uh, PSE. I thought they did, a, they, they improved on what the, uh, what the levitate did. I hope that the, I mean, after I, after I play with the levitate, I still think the Mark 1 is better. Hmm. But if I put titanium on both, I think the Mark 1 is still better. But yeah, you know what? Again, we're talking draw length, arrow specific, you give you a lot. Right. So that's reason that at the end of the day, you really, really, really need to know what your draw length is before you get a bow. Because most of the guy, just, I, this, I learned this the hard way because see, when I first got my, uh, my laser tech, and I like it so much, I got my, my buddy who have a 25 and a half inch draw, the same bow. That bow shoots so bad, really so bad. And he ended up getting a Bowtech Destroyer and then instantly it was shooting fantastic. So every single bow, you need to shoot a few to find out just because you great for another guy. If your drawing are more than one or two inch difference, it's a night and day difference. Yeah, you're gonna feel a whole bunch, bunch of different and everything. Yeah, um, and, and then and then three for for say a guy who's only got 55, 50, uh, like like one of my favorite story, my customer with a 26 inch draw 45 pound pool. He shot through a 68 yard of the elk. Yeah. That's but it was a, such a super efficient arrow. Remember the Jeremy from X-Spring Custom? He built him that arrow. Yep. I mean, just like I got another customer who barely able to put 65 pound but want to shoot an elk at 80 yards. Well, I told him I can't build him the arrow. Jeremy's doing it because that that is where when you start moving to that extreme and want to do all of the above, that's where I say the understanding and able to push the limit. Just like when you win a race, it's not just the driver, it's the top mechanic. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have one more cam question here. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've even seen it yet. Did you see Elite's new cam that they came out with? No. <sighs> 
I don't think I could, I had, but I can took a fast look and tell you what my first thought is. Well, I can, I can tell you right now. It's called the SP Cam, and what I think is intriguing about it is it's a modular cam, um, mm-hmm. rotating mod, and it is adjustable in quarter mm-hmm. in quarter inch draw length and up mm-hmm. to one percent let off adjustments. What do you think mm-hmm. of that? Well, if you take the, first of all, the way on the get go, the cam approach is very, very much like the cam approach where the PSEX used to be. If you look at it, they're very, very similar. And second, they try to make the cam extremely light, which, based on my experience with extremely light approach, you get speed and you do say 1% at off, yeah. which is a 99%. Well, no, 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 no. You can adjust it from 70 to 90, but in 1% increments. So if you don't want 80% let off, you want 79% let off, you can adjust it in one, one percentile increments. Well, then it's a good, it's a good tool of engineering. Since I haven't shot it, I can't really say much about it. And then I have not put it on a drawboard to tell you because it's one of the best thing to anything. The proof is in the pudding. Let's put it in dropper and look at the look at the how the piece is. Because see, at the end of a day, drawboard, unlike a human, humans' muscles are different. It will tell you exactly how it is. I mean, the thing is that the power they apply to the bow, at the end of a day, your arm do not move in the circle. It is not a pure work environment like a motor. Even a motor, you 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 add diameter to it, the efficiency changed. The torque changed. So that bow may be fantastic, but I do not know that until I actually tried it or put it on a drawboard and go for it. And at the end of the day, it is not a super fast bow. No, I mean, it's not. Yeah, 336 the, 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 Maybe they are, look, they are aiming for shootability. But then again, anybody tell me they got a really good bow with 80% let off? I would say no. Needed 70, 75. I would say... 80 and down is where you need to be. Unless if you're shooting 20, 25 yards, you can do anything you want. I mean, it doesn't matter. At that moment, you can go for 90, 95. I mean, I know a lot of guys love the Evo at 95% off, but those guys don't shoot past 20 yards anyway. Yeah. They sit in the blind, put the bow back, hold it for six, six, like 45 or two minutes and then shoot the deer. <laughs> oh, go, got it. Yes, you can do that. I mean, but that, I mean, that's that's the same thing with the, what, the Raven. I mean, with the down 20x, you've got 30 shots before you change the string cable, but the guy never made more than 10 shots in the season. So yeah. it's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. guys like you who enjoy shooting, you literally put hundreds and hundreds of shots into it, telling you that you can shoot that bow before changing. You've got 30, 30 shots. It's unacceptable yeah. for different customer. But then, like my neighbor's wife, she bought the 26 and then for the last four years, she killed two deer every year. I would tell you that bow have three string change. And that's not more than 10 shot per year out of that bow. That's terrible. <laughs> no, but she is superbly happy. He's she's a happy customer. And in some way, that is what. I mean, the, the guy from Botex are all really good marketing guys. They understand that. 
I mean, you need to look at what your customer wants and then apply it. That's and then with the with the maximum engineering approach to give you the maximum what the customer appreciate. I mean, you need to draw that balance. The same thing with the bow design. It is, can you do something extreme? Yes. Just like if I come up with a bow, with everything I got on it, I would say 0.5% of people will buy it. Because it's too expensive? Not just that. I mean, for sure, it's good. I mean, you know me. Money, <laughs> no object, just go for it. It'll be too expensive. And I only would satisfy the people who want the most. It's like the days when I do stereo. I mean, I got a, you get a set of Martin Logan, a set of timpani, the set of apologies. I mean, how many people are going to spend $35,000 a pair of speakers and spend $80,000 on remodeling their house so the speakers aren't good? Zero. And then spend $200 on the cable before you talk about pre-M&Ms. Yeah. But those guys who want it, that's the only thing they want. It's the same thing with everything, just like fishing or stereo or cars. I mean, you're talking a guy going to spend $13,000 on a brake change, right? That's a used car and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a couple. Right, but that's not what most of the guy wants. So if but if you're a company who make mass market like Matthew, Hoyt, Botech, Elite, I mean, you need to find the best balance, the most easy to sell, and uh, and and then comply with ninety percent of customer need. That was very tough. I mean, like every company say, oh, I have the fastest. Well. Just because it's the fastest, doesn't mean people buy it. It's like you can say, well, Ferrari is always faster than most others, or Lamborghini faster. But can you make it that most people buy it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a mm -hmm. good point. Um, anything else on cam design you want to leave off with here? Well, actually, I think in most cases, people need to understand cam design is only thirty percent of the deal. Seventy percent is in the arrow. So if you have the right arrow with the right cam and you matched it, again, the word is balance. I know, I know people say the moment is what my favorite word is, but the end at the end of a day is balance. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So I guess um, thank you for the, the question. Thanks for uh, going to George's YouTube channel and commenting the question. If you guys have more questions, please make sure you're giving them to us. And um, I, I need all of you listeners here to get behind George. He's still out there pounding away at those deer trying to get one. So <laughs> send him all of your good vibes. George, is there, uh, you have any concluding remarks here? I would like to say at the end of the day, you know, don't chase the perfect bow, but chase the perfect arrow. You will be a much better off doing that. In other words, it's like the days of the software. The days of paying 50, 70% on the hardware and 30% on software days are over. The same thing with bows. The bow design is not going to change much. You need to chase the perfect arrow to make that bow sing and how to make that a bow a better bow for you. I think that's the real deal. So maybe I know a lot of bow manufacturers won't like me. Maybe your best bow is the bow you feel most comfortable with and chase the best arrow and accessory to go put on it. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot cheaper to buy a few dozen few dozen different arrows than to uh, buy a few different bows every year and see what see what works best for you. Well, it's not just that; it's not a few dozen arrows. Is that you find the arrow that's actually built for what you need? Yep. I mean, just like I'm, I'll go back to racing again. You know, on a Formula One, each team can go through a container to a container and half of tires. 
her race, her race. Do you know what a container of ties look like? <laughs> and think about it. You barely went through a set of ties every 60,000 miles. They went through, quote unquote, a set of wheels on two turns. Yeah. Why is this so important? Because that's what matters. Yeah. Just like hunting. It is not the bow. It's the arrow and the broadhead and the vein. All right. That will conclude my day for the cam. So the cam only pushed that. So you could you can talk about engine all day long until you got tires, engines, nothing. Mic drop. I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's that's a good place to leave off. Thanks for your time, George. You're very welcome. Have a wonderful day.